Hello and welcome to the World of Mouth podcast, where we share the stories of the world's best chefs and restaurateurs and their favorite destinations to travel and eat. My name is Kenneth Nars and I'm the creative director of World of Mouth, a platform that connects more than 600 restaurant experts who share their favorite restaurants from the best place for a pizza slice, a taco or a hamburger to the latest must-visit new fine dining restaurant opening. Today we're meeting Chef Rocio Sanchez of Sanchez and Iha de Sanchez in Copenhagen, Denmark. She was born and raised in the south side of Chicago and grew up eating Mexican food. She began cooking at 19 and worked with some of America's most famous chefs, like Wiley Dufresne, before moving to Copenhagen to work under René Redzepi at Noma. We hear about Rocio Sanchez's big decision to leave Noma and opening her own restaurants, Iha de Sanchez, followed by Restaurant Sanchez in 2017. At the end of the podcast, she will reveal her favorite restaurant recommendations in Copenhagen and Mexico. You'll also find these places in the World of Mouth app. Please tell me, who is Rocio Sanchez? Well, I was born in Chicago. Both of my parents are from Mexico, central Mexico. Um, I grew up in Chicago and I always wanted to cook. Um, little by little, I started getting into the industry and it took me into fine dining. And um, long story short, I wanted to cook more uh, food that was what I grew up eating. So um, I've been in the industry for about 20 years and um, been cooking Mexican food for about nine. We have a few restaurants in Copenhagen, um, right now five. Um, four of them are taquerias and one of them is a restaurant um, where we try to be a little bit more creative. We have a five course menu and snacks and you know it's been a a whirlwind of different things in my career, different experiences, but I, I feel like this is has been my, you know, what I'm most proud of right now. So I'm trying to get back into cooking Mexican food, learning more about myself and uh, seeing where that takes me with, with how we create things with our travels and where I eat. Yeah. Uh, you also have a long background from Noma, but let's talk about that a bit later. Uh, but if we first go go back to your 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 own background in in Chicago, uh, you mentioned that you grew up with with Mexican food, and so uh, how was it when you grew up? I mean, what 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 role did food have in your family? You know, well, my parents weren't great cooks, um, and it's sort of the reason why I started cooking was because well, I started baking first. I really wanted to make cakes and sweets and do all these things. So it was a passion of mine since I was 13 or so, where I was always trying to cook for my family. Um, and Mexican food was always in the background. So it was always something we were eating. And I never really thought about it. You know, and I ate tacos all the time. And, you know, when I say that, I mean, you know, you, you eat tortillas like it's bread. So you're eating tacos, but you're not really saying, oh, let's eat tacos today. You know, you just sort of have it as an accompaniment to sort of Mexican meals as you would a piece of baguette, you know, or a roll of bread or however you have it. And um, yeah, but I guess it wasn't until I was a bit older that I, I realized that all of those experiences were pretty amazing. And having access to a lot of Mexican food in in the southwest side of Chicago, where I grew up, it really has fueled me now because I have all of those memories. 
Um, and people ask me about where I grew up. Uh, it's literally called uh, La Villita. So it's called Little Village. Uh, it's like a little Mexico. And it's a little strip yeah. that I'm not sure if you're familiar, but it's a little strip um, in the southwest side of Chicago that has just, uh, you know, everything is, it's like a little Mexico. You even have the paleteros, people selling the Mexican ice down the street. Um, you have the fruit stands in the corner where people are cutting the cucumbers and the mangoes and putting chile and lime, on, lime juice on it. So I always grew up thinking, you know, I was uh, Mexican. <laughs> You know, yeah. like I'm Mexican. That was my identity all my life until I left Chicago. <laughs> and then it was, uh, oh, you're American. And I was like, oh, but I feel Mexican. <laughs> but I yeah. feel like all those experiences definitely, you know, helped me give me my identity. Um, and now that I've had many years to reflect on it, I think that it's definitely Mexican-American experience. But I feel that, you know, I feel really proud of, of this this location that I grew up in, even though it is a little bit on the rough part of town, it is, um, it gives you something, you know, to be proud of. And there's, there's a community. And I, I feel that had I not had that experience, I don't think Ica de Sanchez and Sanchez would be here. You know, I think I was trying to sort of recreate a community. And it was something that was something that was brought to light during the pandemic. You know, when we had to shut everything down, um, I try not to talk about the pandemic so much anymore, but it was a revelation at that time because everyone had to stay home. And I started to think about all my team members that are a lot of my managers are from Mexico and have been really uh, on board with me to create this vision. And I thought, do they have to go back? <laughs> What's going to happen? Yeah. You know, do I have to close? And then I, I just sort of realized that I sort of, subconsciously created my community because I was trying to create the community I grew up in where I can go have tacos, go here, you know, speaking Spanish everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's been great to have that experience. And all my life, I thought it was like, I grew up in the hood, <laughs> but I, yeah. I did, but um, I think it gave me a lot and it gave me a lot of experiences. And when now I travel to Mexico a couple of times a year and try to learn as much as possible every time I go so that I can apply it. Um, but I have so many similarities of my up upbringing that is, comes from, believe it or not, Chicago. Um, and Chicago has a huge community of, of uh, Mexican immigrants. I think it's sort of second to LA. I think a lot of people yeah. don't understand that, that you can find a lot of good Mexican food in Chicago. And, um, you know, have a lot of old friends that ask me, oh, when, you, when are you going to open in Chicago? And I'm like, you guys yeah. have like everything already. It's like asking me to open in L.A. Like you have yeah. a plethora of places. Um, yeah. So that's been yeah. my upbringing. And um, I, I started off trying to cook or bake because I loved, love, love, love. Still to this day, I love sweet things. I just love the idea of making them. And there's something quite special about making something and, you know, I'm such an introvert and <laughs> that I love the But I love the idea that you can create something and build something with a lot of love and you can give it to someone without expressing words. You know, the creation in itself speaks for itself. And I think that you get a lot of I used to get a lot of that from baking. 
Um, and now it's been morphed to cooking and, you know, managing a business. Um, and I think it's, it's still to the core of like what I do every day is, is trying to have that feeling of generosity, giving to someone. We opened the taquerias and the restaurant to give something to Copenhagen, not because I wanted to make a lot of money, don't make a lot of money, <laughs> but it's because we wanted to like, okay, what is, what's missing in Copenhagen? And you've probably been here for many years yeah. and seen its progress. But when I moved here in 2015, desolate, like you couldn't go to any real like exciting place or I think Manfred's at the time was like, everyone was at Manfred's and yeah, you yeah. could always see all your colleagues at eating there. Um, and it's grown a bit and I've been uh, happy to be a part of that growth. I think there's still a lot of, you know, a lot of work to be done, but I'm quite proud of, of where we are. And I think that's, that's sort of the core of it is like trying to give something to a city that is, that it's missing. You know, I grew up in a big city that you had access to everything and delicious flavors. And I, and it's always been a goal of mine to say, first of all, there's no Mexican food here. <laughs> there mm, should yeah. be. And second of all, like someone should do it with real um, pride. You know, that we're making the, the tortillas from scratch. Actually, well, we make everything ourselves. We have, we've always imported the corn from Mexico since we opened in 2015. Um, and we use organic products and we use local meats. And, you know, and I've always been an advocate to say, let the food speak for itself. Like, I don't want to jam it down people's throats. Um, mm. And now it's been um, slowly but surely, people are using their hands. So that's good. <laughs> people are using their hands to eat tacos. A um, little bit of everything has changed. And I think that's just the beginning. Just the beginning. Like, people are not flinching about if something is spicy. You know, there's just... There's also so many other good restaurants in the city. It's it's finally feels like it's growing. I, I feel yeah. like really proud that I, I got to got to have a place in the city. <laughs> you are um, as I mentioned, I mean you your 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 background is 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 many many people know that you are strongly associated with, with, with Noma. Could you tell yes. me about, and you came there at a pretty young age, wasn't that right? Uh, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, um, I had just moved from New York City. I was working at WD-50. I was, I think I was 24, something like that, 24, 25. Um, and I, yeah, I was there for five years and working as a head pastry chef as, as well as working in the R&D kitchen and Noma at the time was very different as it is now. Now it's like so beautiful and organized. And back then it was too, but it was just different, you know? And it was just, a, you know, I didn't start off as a pastry chef. I just, I just started working there and then I was promoted after six months. Um, and it was a super great challenge. It was uh, right at the height of all of the attention and, um, you know, I got to go with them to Noma, Japan, to Noma, Tokyo. That was sort of the last part of it. Um, but yeah, I feel that it's actually been the place that I've worked at the most, other than Ica de Sanchez. So it's, it's a huge part of my career. 
And I feel that, you know, it really helped me um, in becoming a business owner because, I don't know, the way that, that you work, not, not just creating dishes, but just the way that Renee uh, works with his team. And if you're in the management, you also have to look at everything. And I, I think having the chefs, you know, at that time it was quite impressive, like, wow, the chefs are coming to the table. But, um, you know, that forced chefs, including myself, who had never done that, to look at every little thing of the restaurant. You know, I think you don't really think of those things when you're a, a chef de partie, a sous chef, etc. You're sort of, you end at the pass, you know, and you, yeah. you send the food out and it goes out into the restaurant. So I think having that accessibility to guests and the vibe, it really prepared me for for what was to come after and being an owner. I think it was less uh, intimidating. So hard, but you, I got a little bit of that experience of of being next to Renee and and seeing what he sees and all the details he notices is, um, yeah, it's not, it's it's. It's quite impressive. His, he's been a real big uh, inspiration to me, and I'm, I'm so happy that I got to work there the, the time that I did. It was probably the, yeah, it's been the craziest time, but yeah, it was so much fun. You know, it's like the whole, when the whole fermentation part was developing, like we were doing that in the test kitchen, uh, as well as service, as well as developing dishes, you know? It was yeah, just yeah. the beginning of all that. So it was so wild and and. And that's what I mean when, when you have that experience, you sort of kind of are prepared for creating something, right? Opening something, starting up something. Uh, the experiences you have with the pop-ups. Yeah. It's like opening a restaurant from scratch <laughs> and yeah. having a first opening day, you know? And, it's, uh, and I was lucky enough to go back for um, Nova Mexico. Um, he, uh, I was already working with Hija de Sanchez, making tacos. We only yeah. had two places at the time. Um, he came by once and he's like, do you want to come to Mexico with us? And I said, oh man, if you wouldn't have asked me, I would have been so mad. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's, they just do it. They just do it so well, you know, yeah. all in research, you know, full of curiosity, full of passion. So something I couldn't have passed up. And I said, of, of course, I'm going to come. And I went as a creative partner, uh, menu development. Um, he asked me to find our ma- a project manager and I asked Santiago to come. Yeah, Santiago Lastra. Yeah, and now he's on his own quest to conquer London, which he's doing so amazingly. Um, yeah, it's been amazing. So that was the last time I actually worked there was a few years ago. And after having Noma... Mexico experience, you know, I was doing the taco thing, like having a taqueria and I, in the restaurant I'm sitting in now, we were, we had already signed the lease. So I was expecting to open another taqueria, but then I'm like, what if we just do like a little menu, you know, like (laughs) nothing crazy, just like a five course. I mean, not at all. We're not at all aiming for fine dining, but I would say that that experience really inspired me to do something like what we're doing here in, in Sanchez on Istiget. So, but at a more casual level, uh, an, an, an accessible level. That's extremely important to me, um, having a restaurant that is 
accessible, especially when you, you're dealing with um, Mexican food. I think a lot of people struggle with, with thinking that it's something that's worth anything, like there's value in it. Um, you know, there's always comments on pricing, etc., even though we could be using the same thing that, I don't know, the other chef across the street with a Michelin star is using, but we will get knocked down for it because it's expensive Mexican food. So it's, it's a little bit of a, that's a little bit of the, the struggle that we have. I would say it's, it doesn't cloud my mind, but it is something that's there. And I think it's something that's important and why I really try to keep this place as casual as possible, because the goal is to have people love Mexican food. <laughs> The goal is for people to be like, okay, let's go get, let's go eat some tacos. Let's go have a margarita. Let's go eat some huevos rancheros. So that's, that's the main goal. And for it to be a part of, you know, people's lives, I think that's a huge responsibility to me. Like being a, being a part of people's daily or whatever, weekly lives. If they're, if they come to us once a month, if they come to us once a week, you know, I think that's a huge responsibility because I think of all the places I ate at regularly growing up, like my taco guy for tacos de lengua or the place that I used to go get gorditas. Like that's it played such a huge role in my in my in what I put into my body. So I feel that's a, a huge responsibility now that we have several locations. I, you know, we have a taqueria, but I. I don't think of that as any less than a Michelin restaurant. And I think that we have a, you know, something more that we have to kind of help Scandinavia and Europeans understand. And I think that's uh, going well. So I'm really happy with that. But yeah, I think the experiences at Noma was, was incredible. And I definitely wouldn't be here had I not started working there. Just for the sheer fact of being in Copenhagen and um, having that support and, you know, Renee is so good at, um, what do you call it? Like motivating people to, to reach their biggest dreams. You know, it's, uh, you see that all over the world, especially now that they've had their 20 year anniversary that it just, it just, it just, it just gives people a little push to say, you can do anything you want. You know, I think that's, uh, that's anyway, that's what happened with me. It was like, if you want to do it, I'm sure you can do, you could do anything. <laughs> so I think that that's, that's been a huge part of it. Yeah, that's been a while ago. So obviously we have Ica de Sanchez for nine years now. Uh, Sanchez, six years. And I worked at Noma, yeah, nine years ago, <laughs> but recently six years ago. Uh, but I, I always follow what they're doing. So I think it's like everyone else. I try to go to all the pop-ups. <laughs> <laughs> and Eden, it, it, all of them, and yeah, it's been a huge inspiration. But yeah, definitely have been trying to do my own thing. Otherwise, um, we don't we don't do any fermentations here. Uh, we don't do anything that that we uh, applied over there. I think it's just very you need a lot of space for these things. But uh, we do try to to keep our core to like the food that we're creating that. Obviously, we're cooking here in Copenhagen. Copenhagen has been the city that I've cooked or worked at the most in my career. So I'm really like I love the seasons here. I love working with the produce here. 
And it's just about finding um, what inspires me uh, of different regions of Mexico and how to make it work so it doesn't feel like fusion or trying too much, uh, but that it's still very apparent that you're having Mexican food in Copenhagen. Uh, so you belong to a quite sizable group of chefs, actually, who are could be considered like the offspring, like Noma offspring. Uh, <laughs> do you know how many as as restaurateurs? Uh, how many? How many would there be of you in the world? Oh my lord! Quite a few. I don't know. You'd have to ask Renee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a lot. Yeah. But already in Copenhagen, there's uh, there's there's quite a few. Um, do you, I mean, do you still keep in touch with them, with guys like Jonathan Tam and uh, Christian Puglisi and uh, all the all the people who started their own? No, I mean, only as guests. I mean, yeah, I go yeah. to the restaurants as guests and like everyone else, we're all busy working in our own places and, you know. Yeah. Man- managing a restaurant is full time. So yeah. yeah. It's uh, definitely I'll go as a guest. I've, I've been yeah. to several of the, everyone's restaurant. I try to go yeah. all the time as much as I can. Um, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, but for sure, I mean, the, the, I think those who view Copenhagen now as a restaurant city, they maybe those who would not be aware of, of the effect that Noma and the offspring uh, and the offspring of the offspring as well, which we already have, like Jonathan Tam, going first, first at Norma, <laughs> then at Relay, and then at yeah. then having his own place, Yatak. Uh, yeah, the impact that uh, that these chefs have had for the city is, uh, I think, it's it's huge. And of course, it's there's huge. other great chefs as well, but still, it's the impact is it's 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 really big. Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's a wonderful thing think that also that everyone is trying to do their own thing it isn't like uh oh they're trying to do recreate noma dishes i think that's yeah. what's really powerful is that everyone is you know johnny tam on his own thing and i'm on my own thing christian Puglisi. somehow everyone is given the confidence to say okay i'll, I'll try to go into who i am mm. you know and leaning into that i think that's quite powerful i think that's also um, can be scary. <laughs> I think I like when we were opening Ica de Sanchez. I was terrified because like people are gonna bring me down. <laughs> like I haven't done this at all yet, you know. And it's, but we you go through you go to, you go through it, with the same passion as as if you're working at these places, you know. That's the way I see it. Like, and that's also why I was you know, very excited to do this because I'm like, people know I'm serious. <laughs> it's not like, uh, you know, I'm going to half-ass it and buy tortillas and and uh, try yeah. not to make it spicy. So it's, uh, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to kind of go through all that and, and then uh, apply it in, in your own personal way. And I think that really translates well to, to people and guests. And I think, you know, when you go out to eat, for example, I always... You can feel when it's really, they're trying, you know. You can feel when a restaurant's really trying, even if it's, as you say, a, if it's a bakery or if it's a cafe, tacos, you know, I, you should feel that it's it's done with a lot of care. And I think that's 
that's sort of the underlying thing that you really get at these high-end restaurants when you work there. It's like attention to detail and uh, not compromising and having some discipline to continue on even though things might get tough <laughs> to continue on with your your stance on wherever that is. In the next part of the podcast, we'll hear Rocio Sanchez's favorite restaurant recommendations in Copenhagen, Mexico, and the rest of the world. Let's talk a bit about restaurants that you that you uh, like to go to or any kind of eateries. Um, and uh, if we start with Copenhagen, uh, at this point you must have quite a few favorites that you you like to eat at. Which which places would would be the your favorite picks? Oh my gosh, um, the time that I have, a, <laughs> the little time I have. There's a restaurant that I, I go to quite often called Maison. We, my husband and I got married during the pandemic. And we had a very, very small group of friends with us because that was our, our limit of 20 people. So that place is just near and dear to my heart. It's, it's a very, casu- very casual sort of middle, middle ground uh, French place. But everyone is super happy when they go there because you get all the classic French things. But yeah, we had our wedding there. So I, I feel like we have that nostalgia to always go back to having a really wonderful experience. Yeah. Um, most recently, I went to Bobby. I don't know if you've been to it yet, but not yet. I really, I really loved it. I really loved it. Uh, we went on the first week that they opened and uh, Bobek, Bobek was... Uh, running around but uh, yeah, it's been yeah. it's been it's been nice to have him back and I think having those kind of dishes is I feel like it's sort of what some chefs like to eat like like me like okay it's just some brussels sprouts with a little nice little dressing it doesn't have to be over complicated but you can see that it's thoughtful like it was thought out um, for casual eatery lunch there's this place called sex I don't get to go to it often, but I always recommend it because it's such a, I don't know, it's just wild. <laughs> like this yeah. couple that have traveled the whole world and cook deliciously and are just inspired by their travels and just kind of do whatever they want with the menu. Like I love these kind of places that are just so spontaneous, but also, you know, the owners there all the time. I think that's quite amazing. Um, a recent one that I really like was Baca de Busque. It's like a plant bistro. Uh, that's what they call it. But it's I've been to it once, but I, I, I do recommend it because it's so different than places in the city. And it's uh, tasty food. But what I was really impressed about was the service. Like when we were there, the service was on point all the time. Um, but I feel also it was like, I think it was one of the owners. <laughs> so okay. when you're the owner, you're like trying to go everywhere. And what kind um, of food would they serve? Vegetables, vegetarian food. So yep. just a bit, a mixture of differently cooked vegetables. Uh, it's very casual, very casual. But again, you can see like this, I don't know, I get so inspired when these little small restaurants, you know, and you see the guys cooking and pushing in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, another recent one was um, Apollo. I know this is known for coffee. But I went recently with a group of friends and they have like a new chef called Yuta. 
who's really trying to do some other nice things for dinner. I think this was like a few weeks ago that we went. But I can imagine that's just like a start of him trying to change it up a little bit. But it was really amazing. He actually used to work at Relay for many years. But I'm definitely excited to go back to that because delicious and and different. Um, again, like small kitchen, small team. <laughs> They're smashing yeah. it out. I don't know if this is a bias, but Poulette is a really nice place for a chicken sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, highly recommend. Highly recommend for flying on a plane. Uh, okay. Buying it the day before, putting it in a fridge, <laughs> having really? it cold okay. on the plane. <laughs> I've done that many times. Uh, no shame. I do, I've done that many times, but it's uh, way better than airline food. Okay. And cold, cold fried chicken, as we know, is good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's spicy, so it's really nice. I recommend that all the time for people that are traveling. Yeah, and uh, I regularly go to Prologue for coffee. Uh, I try to go to April if I am in the neighborhood. Um, and uh, there's also... Uh, and April Apple would tech. be what would you have? What would you have at at April? It's coffee. Yeah, and not yeah. not no no pastries or so. Yeah. Um, and then there's also some uh, one that I forgot about that's in the city that I guess many people don't know about, but we recently had it at home. It's called Selfish Sushi, so it's a very local like sushi spot. I think this is also for people that maybe have hit all the the major places, and are just curious like what a a normal person would eat regularly. Yeah, so that's my list for Denmark so far. Okay. That's yeah. the places that I have like top of my head right now. Yeah. Uh, a selfish sushi, what the sushi style there, what what would that be? How what, what kind of I mean, he does a he does a mix of everything. It's just a small place. I think it's like six yeah. seats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like okay. you can take sushi home and rolls and um, it's just really good quality fish. It's nothing outrageously like a big restaurant. Yeah. So yeah. it's definitely okay. for like takeaway, takeaway home. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's Copenhagen. Any, any other places if you, you go abroad? Yeah, definitely. I have, uh, well, I go to Mexico quite often. Um, I always go to Rosetta. I mean, these are like on the list, I know, but like, they're delicious, right? So Rosetta, yeah. um, Alcalde, I went last year for the first Rosetta, time. Could you describe Rosetta for someone who hasn't been there? Uh, Rosetta is, um, I think that's my favorite place in Mexico. Um, but it's such a, first of all, the restaurant is gorgeous. <laughs> it has plants everywhere and wooden tables. It's this old building on three floors. Um, it has like Italian inspirations but the chef is from Mexico, so she also incorporates Mexican dishes. Uh, so, for example, you'll definitely find like a pasta dish uh, that seems classic, but maybe some Mexican herbs in the salsa, in the in the sauce for the pasta. And uh, you definitely will have like tamales, um, which is 100% Mexican. But there's this yeah. beautiful mix of different things, uh, especially because she studied Italian food and that's an inspiration for her. So this restaurant, I feel like, represents her background really well. And I really love these kind of restaurants that there's like an identity to the person involved. Uh, that it's not just 
oh, it's a Mexican restaurant, but it's it's much more than that. And most recently, it's just added like this salon. Uh, it's expanded. It's still in the same building, but they've made a little room that is like a little bar now. Okay. Okay. And uh, with snacks, and I think Elena just has this wonderful talent to make something really delicate and tasty um, and hits all the points. It's just wonderful. Like I'm, I'm really inspired by her and how they, how they make things. And, you know, even when they had this, uh, we had a snack in the, in the salon where they have the bar and it was uh, popcorn with chikatanas, uh, which is this flying ant that has this yep, nutty yep. flavor, almost like mushroom and it's very earthy. I thought it was like the most amazing combination, but so simple. And I think that's sort of a reflection of her food is amazing, delicious, but very simple. And it looks quite casual, but again, a lot of heart going into it. So mm. definitely love going back to these places that give me something. Um, Alcalde in Guadalajara, I went to. He was also, he was an intern with us in Noma a while back. Um, and I went there for the first time or for the second time last year, the first time many years ago. And I was like, this is the sort of Mexican food I really, really love on a high level. Um, it's playful, but not too serious. And the, the, the waiters are attentive, but not too much and not fake. So all of that is like, especially the kind of restaurant I want to be in. Uh, so I'd love to go back to Alcalde. Um, and another restaurant in Mexico City I would love to go back to, and I always go back to, is La Docena. And this is super casual. Yeah. I'm literally planning uh, to be there in a couple of weeks for a friend's birthday. But it's just delicious tostadas and oysters and drinks. And it's just a beautiful place to host a group of friends um, yeah. or to keep it casual. But everything is so, so well executed. Like the the main part there is... Um, sourcing the right products so I think they do that really well and I think you don't have to do much um, so that's in Mexico City and if I could go back and I might go back in January is Mariscos Jaliscos yeah, yes. in Los Angeles Yeah. Um, I took my husband there last year and he was almost crying <laughs> he's like <laughs> How is there how is there so much flavor in this in this little truck? How how? And I'm like I don't know. He's like, why didn't you tell me this was gonna happen? This is like the best mouth experience I've ever had. You know, spicy lime, chili, everything, fresh seafood. Um, and it's basically a taco taco truck. It's a taco truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But they're they they do it so well. I'm so jealous of these places that just hit it with one bite, you know, and yeah, yeah. and you're addicted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, one one meal that I had a long time ago, and I don't get to go to Thailand very much, but I loved Sorn. I thought yeah. that was quite amazing. Like we went there, we did a pop up with Ga a few years back, and Ga was amazing too. But it's just that level of spiciness and in an in a fine dining place you know Sorn has the it's it's supposed to be I guess like southern Thai yeah I was so impressed and it's it's so wild I think it's it's very well done that you can actually hit those tastes that 
feel very, I don't know, just uh, not what you get in a fine dining restaurant. Usually everything has to be so clean and pristine. And, yep. and it was. But when you add chili to the right flavor, like just the execution of combinations, I think adding chili is a whole nother skill, I think, when you're cooking with chili. And I think that there's a reason you have the mom and pops with one dish, you know, in, in some places. But the fact that they're able to do that on such a high level, so impressive. And I would love to go back. Yeah. Um, then there's a den in Japan, uh, in Tokyo. Yeah. I definitely always go back if I'm in town. Um, yeah. Also, also the same thing. Like, I love these restaurants that they're so high level, but it tastes like someone's just there cooking for you. You know, that's just a different experience. And I think that Den has that as well. Um, you can really see that. And of course, you can see Chef working. <laughs> so, you know, he's doing it. But you, you can see it that, you know, when someone... It's like when you go to someone's house and they've prepared something for you and they, they put it in the middle of the table and you have to... You're going you're gonna to get a portion of it. I think you get these feelings at uh, Den. Um, yeah. where, you're, where you've been invited to their home. Um, and that's quite special. Um, I think that yeah. they deserve all their recognition. But definitely always try to go back there. And it's the one that I highly recommend yeah. for um, Japan. And then if I were to go to the States, Bennu is quite amazing. Again, it's going to the, these places that also incorporate like chilies and, and things like that. But it's just seeing it, at, again, at a high level. I worked at high levels for many years and never, never used chile. So when I see places that are using chile in like in three-star Michelin restaurants, it's so impressive because it, this, they manage to keep it so clean and nice. And I think that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, and Benu's, and the food the, style, at, at the, the, the dishes at Benu, how would you describe them, the, 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 the style? The style is a uh, Corey Lee style. I don't know, <laughs> but that's just, uh, it's, he's in his own category. And I think that's, yeah. you know, he studied at the French Laundry for many years, but I think most recently really leaning into his roots um, and just a level of execution of, say, just a, a tofu dish we had, you know, that it's a simple tofu dish with chili oil and cut perfectly. Yeah, like yeah. in these perfect little, I don't, I, I, do you know the dish I'm talking about? It's, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. It's, uh, I would say that he's leaning into his, his roots, but he's also highly technical. I think he's uh, a chef I admire a lot because there's so much technique. I think also with, um, yeah, with the way that it is in the States, I think it's, I don't know if you have many of these places that have this kind of cuisine, right? With three Michelins. Mm. So I think that's quite a, a testament to to their level of work. And, you know, we did a kitchen tour. We went inside and all these rice cookers <laughs> and uh, all their ferments uh, outside. Um, quite impressive. I don't, I don't think I've seen a lot of that in the States um, recently. One last question to you. Uh, if you would be able to pack your bags uh, tonight with your, your husband and uh, travel anywhere uh, in the world to have uh, a dinner at one restaurant, which uh, 
which place oh my would that gosh be? It's it's well it's been on my bu- my bucket list for a while but I've uh definitely want to go to Single Thread. Okay, up in yeah. and that's in San Francisco. North yeah, of. it's a yeah. yeah north of, but I, yeah, Kyle has been someone I've been following for a long time and I met him shortly in in uh, in the Fat Duck and uh, again a highly technical chef, very serious. I don't know. I'm just so curious to to taste his food. I know it's uh, it always looks amazing, and just the idea of also staying in a place and eating there, it's just as it's just another level that you can really enjoy the experience and relax. I think I've only had that experience at Faviken, so just because it's well, first of all, it's Kyle with his his place, and just the idea of having to stay, it just means you really get to enjoy the evening, and you're only there for that. So it's definitely on my list uh, to go for sure. Okay, okay. So hopefully you'll you'll get there soon. <laughs> <laughs> I should, right? It's not that far away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good. Uh, Rocio Sanchez uh, from Copenhagen. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, enjoyed talking to you, and good luck with all your taquerias and restaurants. And hope to see you soon again. Thank you so much, Kenneth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Wall of Mouth podcast with Rocio Sanchez from Sanchez and Ihadi Sanchez in Copenhagen, Denmark. You'll find all of the recommendations mentioned in this episode and more in the Wall of Mouth app, available in your app store, or visit our website at wallofmouth.app. I'm Kenneth Nars. Until next week, when we meet Chef Mitsuharu Micha Tsumura from restaurant Maido in Lima, Peru.